Welcome to the Ransomware Battleground, where we dive into the world of cybersecurity and hear firsthand from those that are deep in the fight to protect your data and peace of mind. Think your network is secure? Let's check out how secure you really are with this week's chat. From APT69420 to device cybersecurity. I'm joined today with my rock and validator of all explosive headlines, Paul Fredrickson, cybersecurity consultant. I'm your host and moderator, Sia Yasso-Tornrat. Before we get started, I've got to give a shout out to our sponsor, AirGap, the best defense against ransomware. With a zero trust isolation platform, AirGap confines ransomware to a single device. Put an end to threat propagation and protect your infrastructure in minutes, not months. And now, let's enter the battleground. Hello, hello. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome back to the Ransomware Battleground. I am Sia, and I'm joined today with uh, my favorite co-host, the Mr. Paul Fredrickson, who keeps me square. Paul, welcome back. Thank you. Great to be here. It's going to be a very intimate talk today, just you and me, and I kind of wanted it this way because I feel like between our two backgrounds, I think I'm going to have a lot to talk about, uh, just largely because I feel very comfortable on the endpoint security side of things, which mm -hmm. leads into today's discussion on the APT69420 arson cat hack. Ooh, mm -hmm. that's a lot of words. But what does that mean to the endpoint devices and cybersecurity in general? And I think that's what I'd like to shape it to. So let's just kick this off. Well, what? let's talk about the devices first, right? What kind of devices were hacked? Well, okay. What was it? Video cameras. Ooh, okay. For, so For video cameras for companies that outsource the security of their video cameras. Ah, oh, man, poor <laughs> Verkata. Like, I'm not going to slam them too much because I think everyone, if you're a security company, you're a target and there's mm -hmm. always going to be some element of, of error or you're going to be a target of attack. I think we're all clear and understand this. This so, is true. This is true. But you, they also made some very fatal flaws of putting in a hard-coded super admin password and uh, account and password to which okay. these hackers found. Exactly. And, so and utilized. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about that. So these hackers found this now. One would assume with all the various other discussions that we've had, it's been nation state type attacks where it's been a very mm -hmm. orchestrated, very sophisticated, complex attack. This, this particular situation of what we're talking about does not strike me as that, that it's not, it wasn't no. an overcomplicated attack where some geniuses work together in tandem. So help me understand exactly. Mm -hmm. You just mentioned it. it be more specific, what exactly happened? Because there's a master passcode, like help me understand what that is. They, what they that presumably for support reasons, they, you know, ease of supporting their customers, they put in a super highly privileged account uh, into the firmware of these video cameras that these other third party companies bought, such as Tesla and some other notable companies, you know, to outsource their security to these people because they were the video camera security experts, you know, so they so presumably, and I'm, I'm just guessing, right? Because this is, I've, these accounts have only typically been used, you know, in a support capacity by the vendor of the product. Um, but they've also made a mistake and they published this account and password out on the internet, which then gave these, this hacker group, 
access to all of the cameras around the world for all of the different companies. And and that is what is kind of creepy is the fact that, to be clear, these are security cameras. So I'm assuming mm-hmm. the security cameras would have been segmented off from other core portions Correct. of the network, right? So just because the video cameras were hacked doesn't necessarily mean Tesla got hacked per se. It was the security camera systems that they outsourced that got Correct. hacked. Correct. Yeah. And they were in very secure areas. And you probably could see, you know, if Elon Musk walked in and out of Tesla through one of the places where this camera was, and they were looking at the time, they could watch him badge in and potentially get his badge information. Ooh, you know, oh, or yeah. pictures, pictures on his badge information. You know, they wouldn't. You know, they would have to combine that with, uh, you know, somebody sitting nearby with a scanner to get you know a full duplication of his badge. But you know, it's, you know, it, were people showing secret plans in front of the cameras? Probably not. You know, but. No. Did it leak lots of good information? Yes. <laughs> well, I'd imagine if I were okay, I let's we'll pick on Tesla because it was one of the things. Now, this is just hyperbole. I don't know exactly what exactly happened or transpired, but I understand if you think about it, like Tesla, a company like Tesla, where they've got like, prototypes of future cars that are being developed, mm-hmm. that's where if they were in like secure areas yep. where literally their launch of the next what five years could be just out the window because the design is already exposed and out there that's what i'm trying to say as far as like the the danger of the data that got out was may not necessarily be like uh you know your home address or anything like that you think of typical ransomware right Mm -hmm. it's it's more of a well that goes back to talking more about like you opened up this episode with the previous episodes we've been talking about you know state-sponsored hacks solar winds etc and then we've been talking about the hacks where it's specifically we want money you know we've we've encrypted all of your your files give us money or we give it back and then this group it seems more that they're hacktivists they don't like state-sponsored capitalism you know or or what do they they call it surveillance capitalism which is you know essentially their surveillance state like you can't go anywhere now without being videoed and I would argue that they made their point very effectively, you know, that that they don't think, you know, everybody everywhere should be videoed all the time. Well, well, my UK friends would probably feel that pain and understand that immensely. So let let us talk about who is Arson Katz, because uh, let's go back. They're not a nation state. They're not even a proper organization. If I'm understanding them correctly, and, and they're fairly new, I think they just got together in 2020 obviously they probably have illustrious careers in other hacktivist yes. groups but what is a hacktivist what's your definition well they're, they're using the same tools um to me they're an evolution of script kitties right because it used to be like when some of the first you know really fun let's call them like microsoft hacks came out like you could you know i think they used to have one called like the low earth cab you know low, low earth orbiting gun or something to that effect but you could basically find the name of your friend's computer and then point this tool at them and then lock up their computer and you know when you're all sitting in the same company and you're doing that to your friend that's kind of a lot of fun you know and that that kind of evolved into you know these were just files you you know programs you could download off the internet and you know but then the script kiddies came in and then they just started using them for all kinds of different reasons and this is to me just an evolution they they have a political agenda so okay, you know, so they're activists. 
so they're okay so they're doing it for the purpose of bringing attention to it i think mm-hmm. um so the the group's is it a spokesman or a member? I don't even know if it's a real person. Um, was the name Lottie something or the other? Well, they've had a few. They posted. They posted most infamously, I think, on Twitter, where right. you know, they were saying that this is just the tip of the iceberg because they released, you know, some pictures from the hundred and fifty thousand plus cameras, you know, that they broke into that were in jails and in banks and you know, everywhere. Yeah, that's absolutely crazy to me. So, okay, now what I find interesting about this, so again, being hacktivists, they're not necessarily seeking money. I think if they could get, I don't even know if they even asked for money, right? I think they were just simply, no. hey, guess what we did? Yeah, and this is why you don't they, want video surveillance want for everything. Yeah, they want the end of video surveillance. They wanted the notoriety video. of this, I think, yeah. right? They didn't well, want yeah, they wanted to publicize their issue of, you know, they don't think everybody should be videoed for, you know, in their daily lives, you know, unless they want to be. And I, I think that's a, uh, is it, is it Robin Hoodish? Should we view this as a Robin Hood type activity? Well, I mean, you could argue, especially with like some of the new stuff that Google's coming out to try to get around the privacy laws, you know, with the federation, fed, they have some new federated, uh, they, they're essentially federating the data they collect on your laptop to try to get around the stuff that Apple's doing to de, you know, to actually anonymize your data or remove their ability to get it. And, you know, you know, they're going in the right direction because Facebook is complaining like crazy because, you know, they're going to lose their hyper specialized advertising feeds, which is how they make all of their money. Mm, that That is very true. So, so there was another component to it, and we're going to dance around this as gently as we possibly can, but I think it's more of a bigger picture, which is what I'm going to read off one of their um, quotes here, and this is according to Associated Press, so this is where I got my source from. When asked who they were and where they came from, apparently Tilly Kotman, a Swiss hacker, which again, I wonder, uh, that's another question. Do, why would you want to expose yourself if you're a hacker? Unless, I mean, this is a legal activity. Couldn't this Tilly person go to jail or is this an alias? I would argue it's very most, it's, 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 it's an alias. It's a false flag. It's okay. a red, red herring. Okay. You know, it's, you know, it's, oh yeah, I'm going to Switzerland. I'm Swiss. I'm Swiss and my name is Tilly. Sure. It could be, you know, it, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I just, it struck me as like, why? I thought these guys were kind of going to go after them, right? Like, mm-hmm. I would think our cybersecurity folks would go after them uh, from our federal government. But, okay, so there's a quote from the Associated Press. They are, quote, a small collective of primarily queer hackers not backed by any nations or capital, but instead backed by the desire for fun, being gay, and a better world. Mm-hmm. Okay, I when I read that, I laughed. I thought that was the funniest thing to me because it was kind of like – thumbing their noses to something as very serious as security and Mm -hmm. hacking into these major you know billion dollar enterprises and and showing potentially vulnerable material again Mm -hmm. not necessarily the data that we think of but people walking in and out and all that stuff so the fact that it, it could be a troll it could be anything you know that they're just trying to get attention so 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 that's what i was thinking is laughing at first thinking like oh my gosh like or it could be a troll. So it could go either way, right? It could be someone yeah. that isn't but wants to get this particular group yeah. uh, maligned or it could actually be a group that's like, no. And, yeah. Okay, so let's think about this though. When you think of a traditional hacker though, 
honestly, I think Oh, you of think like, of Mr. Robot. You think of Mr. Robot. Kids just, you know, like cranking out, sitting in front of a, a, a you know, computer, rows and rows of them just hacking away. That's what I envision, right? Okay. Like just working hard and they're like, you know, faces all purple all the time and whatnot. They so, have to be wearing a hoodie. You're forgetting about the infamous hoodie. They have oh, to wear a hoodie. Should I be, Should we start wearing hoodies like and just be like part of the crew? It's Texas. It's hot. I'm not wearing a hoodie. <laughs> Well, it rained today, so it's actually a little bit cooler. But so, yeah, so, but it did strike me as interesting that this is not the nation state, like they said, and it's not the, they could be hoodie people, but they're not like in a dungeon. This sounds like to me that they're just throwing rainbow confetti flag and they're like, hey, what's up? Has They're having fun. Could 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 we argue then that a hacker, it really legit could be any, it could be your next door neighbor and you really wouldn't know it. With these script keys, as you say, that so many tools are available and out there. Again, we talked about ransomware as a service. Is this mm-hmm. something now that just yet another layer of people attacking a, a network? Well, there. Well, I would argue a that my neighbor's seventy-five years old, and I don't think he's a hacker. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> he could be. He could be, but I'm I'm pretty sure he he he's not a hacker because he can't even use his iPhone. But that, or he's a good actor. He could be a very good actor. But your point is, is is legit. Yeah, you can't make generalizations anymore about who are who is using the legitimate tools that are available to anyone now. You know, you can go on the dark web. You can hire whatever services you want. You know, even if even if the Silk Road was a pretty decent movie, you know, and you used to be able to get all kinds of drugs online, you know, it's just moved. And, you yeah. know, you can get there all, there's all kinds of services. You know, the internet is all about providing services to people who want to buy services. So if you want to use the tools of the hackers to accomplish whatever your means is, even if it's just trolling the internet or having funds, you know, just like how Bart Simpson used to call, you know, Moe's Tavern and prank call him, you know, that's, I think it's just an evolution. That's so. You know, because who think, does that anymore? <laughs> exactly. I did just I think their name, I think they're just one big group of trolls, which is going to get more of that prodding and they're gonna be mm-hmm. like, uh uh-huh, you know. So yeah. I, I just I'm just reading the name and I'm not gonna go into massive detail because I think as an adult you probably learn slang on your own anyway. But really sixty nine four twenty arson cats like if you just think of other terms and slang terms for these words mm-hmm. it's actually pretty funny <laughs> i'm sorry it's funny to me but uh yeah so i don't want to dwell in it too much on it but uh, uh it's got to be like but there are associations with the number 69 and the number 420 yes and also other words for arson and cats like mm-hmm. I, that one just hit me i'm like oh wait a second Oh, I get it now. So um, we're not going to go in that too into well, detail. Well, there's a, there's also a song that's out about certain. <laughs> what song are you that. talking about? I believe it's W A P. So okay, oh, so naughty, and I feel bad for the folks that are like watching or listening at, you know, in the morning. But okay, so. Uh, Let's talk about the endpoint device cybersecurity. Like, what does device mm-hmm. cybersecurity mean? Uh, how would you define an endpoint device? Well, an endpoint device can be almost anything now, from a toaster to a refrigerator to your dishwasher or your water heater mm-hmm. or your garage door opener or anything, you know? And it's 
I mean, it used to, I, I think it's the new term for what used to be called, you know, the internet of things, right? That's, which yeah. is just the same way. Cause it's like Alexa is an internet connected device. I can talk to her and she can order me stuff from Amazon or she can tell me my stuff from Amazon is here. You know, it's, it's everything, but it's, it's also, you know, more germane to the topic of security. It means, you know, every device has to have security now. It's as, it's as simple as that. There is no inside and outside anymore. You know, it used to be you had a, you know, the cable company or AT&T would give you a firewall with your wireless access point, And that was enough because, you know, it was the bad guys out on the internet trying to get into your house. But now all the devices in your house, you know, kind of ironically to get around the problems with establishing connectivity through a firewall have created, you know, essentially tunnels back to the cloud so that they can work seamlessly from anywhere in the world. So now you have all this, you know, everything is connected to everything. And, and if everything isn't secure, then they can essentially hijack, you know, not the Alexa. The Alexa is pretty decent with their security, you know, other than their, you know, we won't, talk about, we won't talk about their privacy aspects, but let's just say that their <laughs> device security is pretty good. Uh, uh, I love know, that. But let's, but let's say, you know, someone hacks into that, then they have a bastion host inside of your network. And then they can go around and take, take on anything else in there that, you know, like we were saying, isn't in the zero trust or isn't a highly secure device. Like, let's say it has a hard-coded username and password in there that gives you full access. That can get hacked. Yeah, so, I mean, I think that's, this is why it's such a big deal. I think, mm-hmm. I Huge. think, I think, again, our society at large, I think, still struggles with privacy and security. It's two very mm-hmm. different things. And so, I think there's this assumption back in the day, I remember back in the day, it's, you know, as a corporate employee, watch out for spam and all that stuff. And that's all annoying and all that. It's like, it's like we're so far beyond that now. And we do want our cake and eat it too. I think, again, we keep talking about this and I'm going to keep hammering it. Us humans are inherently lazy. We want what we want and we want it when we want it, right? Oh, yeah. Well, and it's also, it's, well, I don't have anything worth being hacked over or I've never been hacked that I know about. You know, why, why? Why do I need to worry about this? Why do I care? Why do I care? And oh my gosh, it reminds me of an Oingo Boingo song. I don't know if, <laughs> I don't know if you know, like, why should I care? I, Nothing I bad do. ever happens to me. I, I do. Yeah. Actually, I got to go listen to that again. I haven't oh. heard that in a long time. But yeah, no, I, I was going to say, that sounds very familiar. Oh, wait, I do. I do know that life is a party. <laughs> oh, right? Well, again, like I said, we I think because we've become so dependent on the Amazon and being able to order, like, tell Alexa, order me this, like, mm-hmm. this... This is something where this attack, though they were in, quote, good nature spirit in the context of having fun, but they want to take down the whole idea of surveillance and distributed surveillance and surveillance security and all that good stuff. So we really do need to care about this because I think oh, absolutely. too many of the- my friends put stuff into their network or their home. Oh, well, just remember what was the... What was the last video camera that got hacked where the creepy dudes were looking in on the babies and the kids? Oh, oh, the uh, uh, but that ring no, cameras. I, no, I, I don't remember which one it was, but they were literally saying all kinds of messed up stuff to people's kids 
Because people put cameras in all kinds of weird places in their house. Like, I mean, I get it, you know, for little, for babies in the crib. But, you know, you put them in rooms like that just to watch your kids or whatever. Because I guess you don't want to be in the same room as your kids. You know, oh, no. Hey, no, ju- don't you be judging. No, 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 no. Don't you be going there. Don't. I don't have kids either, but I can assure you, when you okay, put that well, kid down, well, you want to leave the room because Well, then to make sleeping. fun of you, to make fun of you, what if you want to look at your dogs? Because I, I know a lot of dog owners have video surveillance of their dogs when they're not home. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same and, thing. And, and I do not want anyone whispering to my dogs either, so... <laughs> Yeah. So the the point is, these things are in our lives now. Right. You know, and just like they were to go back to Tesla, they were there was a part of the story where in China, they don't want Teslas to go into military facilities because Teslas have the ability through all the camera systems that they use for the hopefully eventual full self-driving mode. You know, the, the Chinese government was, you know, very, very concerned that these, you know, I think there's 10 cameras on a Tesla, you know, that's crazy. Yeah. That are recording all the time, you know, to a little USB stick in the glove compartment. You know, like, why do we want this in our very, very secure place? You know, because that kind of ties back to what we're talking about. You know, you're you're driving a robotic Tesla, you know, video recording device through their highly sensitive areas. And they they've banned them. It's literally an all seeing 360 Mm -hmm. I. Yeah, right. no, and it's it's to the point now where they use them for when there's accidents or when they have, uh, if people break into Teslas, you know, the oh, Tesla yeah. will literally send a picture to the police and be like, yeah, this is the dude who broke into the car. Here's a nice picture of him from 10 angles. <laughs> yeah, no, th- that actually happened. This one lady randomly, total random attack, and she just like keyed this guy's Tesla for no reason. And she got caught. And when they asked her, she's like, I don't know. It was a D bag two Tesla, I guess that's yeah. just said. But that was, I think, a quote just saying. But okay, so let's talk about this because um, you and I have talked about, you know, in general, like, look, these endpoint devices are going to get corrupted at some point. Mm-hmm. At what point and how can you? You know, it's not a question of if you're ever going to get attacked. It's going to be a question of when that device is going yeah. to be looked at, compromised in some capacity. So, you know, we've been talking about zero trust right where you you've mm-hmm. got to find a way to mitigate whatever that point of uh, you know attack or hack takes place i almost said point of infection i guess that's an old term isn't it but like well, so, no, so mean, does zero trust apply here but does zero trust apply to this where could you lock down that particular device and say shut that down and it can't go beyond a certain point it absolutely i mean zero trust applies to everything it's you know, I can't count how many times we've said it on this podcast or, you know, how it relates to the sponsor of the podcast, you know, because they have a very good zero trust solution, a tool to try to mitigate, you know. Uh, but it's it's the only way this works going forward, because the, the, the old concept was the security perimeter, right? Like you had and that goes back to being inside and outside. That perimeter effectively is now shrunk to the device. So every device is it's, you know, it its own you know it's responsible for its own security right that's 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 the essence of zero trust you know so it's no longer just a marketing phrase to sell you a palo alto firewall (laughs) yeah okay well let's and i and i don't only bring that up because until very recently you know the invest the they employed the inventor of or the coiner of the original phrase zero trust john kindervag gotcha since 
who has since now left Palo Alto and gone to another company. Gone on to another. But I think I think it is such an industry term, right? The whole concept yeah. of zero trust. It's yeah. almost. It's, but it's, he was it's, originally John Kinderbag was originally a Gartner uh, analyst, you know, and he came up with this ten years before anybody would listen to him about it. <laughs> so going back and thinking about this then, okay, knowing that all endpoint devices are going to get compromised, it's like I said, mm-hmm. not a question of if, more like when. So can can these, and do you see a way that we can automate these devices faster, quicker? Is there is there steps that we can take to automate that now? Or is it still a bit of a manual process to like shut down these, you know, freaking thousands of devices that we have out there, millions now? Well, there are ways to automate. I mean, it's not necessarily, it would have to be automated for the typical home user, you know, Mm -hmm. because they're not going to go and write a script or, you know, they're not going to, they're not going to figure out the way to automate it for them. But, you know, in my mind, the provider of these devices should take care of that automation step, right? Because it's, you know, even the larger companies we're talking about, you know, with the pandemic that we just had or are still in the middle of, you know, how do they actually protect everybody's home environment? And even the largest Fortune 5 companies in the world do not have enough uh, resources to secure every employee's home network. Okay, so it just sounds like to me, if I were in the security industry right now, I should be like stoked of like perfect job security because this pandemic, if anything, has showed us that a lot of people can work from home, which already increases even further those endpoint devices that maybe mm-hmm. traditionally uh, enterprises didn't really need to be worried about, oh, yeah. or too concerned about, right? I mean, well, it's all just- the vendors, I mean, look at the chip shortage right now. Part of that chip yes. shortage is because they had a phenomenal growth in internet-connected devices last year because everyone was stuck at home. And then, you know, I I think the term is called multi-screening for when people decide to, let's say, watch something on the brand new 65-inch high-def TV and they're on their cell phone, you know, they're on their iPhone and they're on their iPad at the same time. You know, Or, and or Android not, product. Or Android product, you know, Google <laughs> tablet. But you know what I'm saying, right? And because of the pandemic, because everybody was supposed to be at home at the same time, and I've had you know quite a lot of friends ask me for Chromebook recommendations, or oh, now that all my children are home at the same time, everybody needs their own tablet, everybody needs their own iPhone because I need to know where they are, or right. or Android device, you know. So it, that proliferation of devices exploded last year. Yeah. No, I love it. I love it. It's just another reminder of how important it is for all of us to to really get educated and understand what these threats actually yeah. mean, right? Yeah. Like I like I'm still uh in awe of the level. I mean, I can't keep up with all the different attacks that are in the news right now. It's 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 amazing to me and I think the public in general really does need to get better education. I don't know how we're ever going to get there. Hopefully the ransomware battleground is going to be something that helps us, but obviously all the other security professionals that listen in could be that huge advocate as well. So, Paul, well, as I mean, solar winds, it did get in the news for 2 seconds. Yeah, that's true. 2 seconds, but hey, actually uh, I thought there was news. Okay, I don't want to go too 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 uh, but there's some oh. stuff in the news recently um that pinpointed uh let's just say the uh the state that we like to pick on uh, russia so i would love to see the development on that so perhaps we can make that our next episode paul or facebook or 
we have a, a, a dearth of different things we could talk about. Absolutely. Well, I think the summary of today's is the fact that, yeah, video surveillance, though it was, you know, sequestered, it wasn't that bad. It's bad because what it means is the ramifications is a for the video surveillance uh, component. We are all under a, a video camera somewhere, mm-hmm. somehow. And then also uh, what it means to all of these uh, endpoint devices, I, Internet of Things type devices, uh, mm-hmm. as we become more increasingly dependent, we're going to have to find out ways where we can automate mm-hmm. and secure all of that. And again, if there is an attack, I'm sorry, when there is attack, how do we stop it where it, in its track? And I think that's mm-hmm. where, whew, that's a lot, a lot to think about, my friend. It Solving is. the world's problems by talking about it. That's the way I yes. view it. No self-interest at all. (laughs) No, not at all. All right, my friend, thank you so much for your time. On that note, I think we can wrap it up for another episode of the Ransomware Battleground. Paul, thank you. You're welcome. Pleasure talking to you as always. All right, guys. Till next time. Bye-bye.